Welcome to the Communicate Influence podcast. If you're an entrepreneur or business person who wants to grow your business, you'll find this episode particularly interesting. I talk with Josh Daimley, a Boston-based writer and entrepreneur who recently launched Published Author. Published Author is a program that works with entrepreneurs to publish their book. Generally, Published Author takes two approaches, a done-for-you option where you work with a ghostwriter or a face-to-face author coaching program. What sets Published Author apart from other options out there is that it incorporates thought leadership into its work with entrepreneur authors. The book Entrepreneurs Write becomes the core of their thought leadership system, with everything else such as their business philosophy, influence, speaking gigs, and PR stemming from their thought leadership. For more information about Josh, published author, as well as the links from the episode, go to the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode. Podthreads is a new clothing brand for podcast listeners and creators. Show your appreciation for podcasts and their creators by wearing one of Podthreads' exclusive designs. Find Podthreads at podthreads.com. That's P-O-D-T-H-R-E-A-D-S dot com. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the Communicate Influence podcast. Thank you so much, Sheila, for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It's great. And thanks for your time. I know you're super busy with this new initiative that we're going to talk about today, the published author. Before we get into that, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I'm also a husband and a father and a bunch of other things. But professionally, I stick most to writing. That's kind of my thing is writing. I ran a marketing agency for about 20 years. I created a lot of content for a lot of companies over the years. And that led into writing for some larger publications like Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur and about two dozen other business publications. And then that led to a book deal. And I decided that I wanted to help other people write. I love writing. I love creating books. And I love working with entrepreneurs who are out there creating books as well. That sounds really exciting. Um, It must be great to be doing that, given your passion for writing. And I can see behind you, for people who are just listening to this show, there are two bookshelves behind you, and they're absolutely packed with books. Um, So you've got quite the library at home there. You're obviously an avid reader, too. This is one of my vices. It's dangerous whenever I get on Amazon because I end up buying way too many books. Okay. But the point is there that reading is such an important part of writing, isn't it? And you've said that many times before. It is. I don't think you can be a great writer without being a voracious reader. Mm -hmm. However, you can be an author without being a good writer, but we can talk more about that later. Okay. So today, uh, well, late last year, you launched uh, a new company, Published Author. Tell us what Published Author is, um, what you're doing with it, and what your goals are. So Published Author helps entrepreneurs to publish a book and then leverage it to grow their business, to cement their expert status, to engage in thought leadership, to make them the go-to person on the topic that they want to be recognized for being an expert on. And it's a little bit more than that too. With Published Author, we're not just helping entrepreneurs to write a book, but we're helping them to set up a thought leadership or expert system 
So it might be that they also want to do public speaking or they want to launch a course or a membership group. They want to get PR. They want to launch their own podcast. So we're coaching them through this process of how to put all these elements together to present themselves as an expert. But the center, the core of it is a book. That's something that everybody needs to have because of the authority and credibility that it brings. Mm. That sounds like an absolutely huge mission. Could you break it down a little bit for us and tell us more about, you know, the process? If someone is afraid of writing or they want a ghostwriter, tell us a little bit um, about a couple of example clients and how that's working. It is a lot of work and it is a daunting process. And so we work with entrepreneurs in a number of different ways, depending on what their budget is, what their time commitments or time availability is, and what their skill set is and what they're interested in. So with every client that comes to us, the first question is, do you want to do this yourself or do you want somebody to do it for you? And so with a book, for example, you can write a book yourself, but you can also hire a ghostwriter to write that book for you. And there's nothing unethical about that. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, a lot of the best-selling books out there were not written exactly by the author. Now, that doesn't mean it's not the author's ideas. The way that it works with a ghostwriter is that the ghostwriter sits down with the author and interviews them. They might interview them for 10 hours or 20 hours or 50 hours. But they, their job is to pull out all the information that the author has in their head and then turn that into a book. Because a lot of us, were not writing experts. We didn't go to writing school. We've never written a book before. But we've got all this great knowledge in our heads. There's so many entrepreneurs out there who have amazing experience, but they don't have experience writing a book. And so you pair that entrepreneur with a ghostwriter and you say, okay, here's somebody who knows how to write a book, how to structure it, how to write it, how to string sentences together so that they sound great. And here's this entrepreneur with these great ideas and this wonderful knowledge that we don't want to lose because it would be so valuable to so many people out there. And by putting these two people together, we can get a book. And the entrepreneur is the author and the ghostwriter, they get paid for their work. That's their job. And that's what they enjoy doing. The ghostwriters that I've interviewed for my podcast, they say, I, I mean, some, most of them have written books, but they say, I enjoy writing other people's books. I don't necessarily want to write my own books. I love writing books. And so I work as a ghostwriter because that way I always have books to work on that are interesting. And I know I'm going to get paid for it, which authors don't always know when they're going into it. Mm. And while the entrepreneur and the ghostwriter are working together, what might your role be during that process? Are you working as a coach? Are you kind of monitoring progress? What's happening behind the scenes as well as the ghostwriter working? So it depends on where our clients are coming from. So we have essentially three different levels of service that we offer. At the lowest level or the beginning level, I would say, is the people who say, I want to do this myself. I want to write my own book. I just need some tips and some pointers and somebody to guide me through the process. And so we have a masterclass and people go into the masterclass and they get group coaching, they get information, they get the published author workbook, and they can get the help that they need, but they're writing that book themselves. Mm -hmm. Then we have a mastermind group, which is a step up where it's a little bit more intimate. So it's a smaller group of eight to 10 entrepreneurs in there. And we meet weekly 
and we help each other out. We answer each other's questions. They get one-on-one coaching along with that. And so they get a lot more handholding, a lot more attention, and they also get other services as part of that mastermind. And then at the highest level, which is also the most, most expensive, it's people coming and saying, I don't want to write this book. I don't want to have anything to do with it, except that, of course, it needs to be my ideas. How can you help me? And so this is kind of a full service concierge where I'm coaching these people, but I'm also stepping them through the process of hiring a ghostwriter, finding the right ghostwriter, finding the right publishing company to work with, finding the right other experts to maybe build their website, to help them launch a podcast, to build their course out. And so these are generally very successful entrepreneurs who are very busy and they want to get that book out. They want to engage in thought leadership, but they don't have the time to even figure it out. And they don't want to do it themselves. They just want it to be done. Mm -hmm. And so we're providing a whole host of services to help them get everything done that they need to, to get out there as a successful author and have a successful book launch. I see. So your published author is is responding to different kind of needs that an entrepreneur might have. As you said, writing the book themselves, you give some coaching, the mastermind more intense, and then the ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. Now, right. publishing and writing a book, it's incredibly complex. Um, I'd find that a little bit daunting if if someone's expected me to know everything about book writing and publishing. How do you handle that, Josh? I mean, (laughs) do you know all this stuff yourself? Or I know that you've written a book. Um, Tell listeners a little bit about the book that you wrote and you're working on other books. Sure. My first book was Chief Marketing Officers at Work. I wrote that in 2015. And that was, in a way, an easy book to put together because I interviewed 30 executives, chief marketing officers, and I thought going into that, I thought, this is going to be the easiest book in the world. I just interview these people, get it transcribed, slap it together. I've got my book. Turns out that a book, even if you're interviewing a bunch of other people, there's so many other pieces to the process that it's a lot of work. And I came out of that realizing, wow, anybody who has written a book out there has really been through it. They have done a lot of work. And so I came out of that with so much respect for anybody who's published a book because I knew how much work had gone into that. And I also came out of that process realizing there are a lot of people out there with great information in their heads that are never going to go through all this work. They're not going, they don't even know where to get started. They don't, they're going to get stuck at the beginning, the middle and the end. And maybe I can help them through that process now that I've gone through it. And so that's where the inspiration came to came from to launch published author. But even at this point, when I've had years of experience in the publishing industry now, writing multiple books, working with other authors, there's so much that I don't know. And so I'm always, I mean, half these books on the shelf behind me are books about writing. They're books about editing books, about the publishing process, about how to do an outline, about how to find a literary agent. And I'm constantly reading and researching And I'm talking to everybody I can about their experiences. That's why I launched my own podcast, partly, was so that I could talk to authors and agents and editors and publishers and ask them all the questions I wanted to ask. And that turns into marketing material for me to market my services. But it's also all this knowledge that I need because I freely admit there's this whole publishing industry out there, and I probably know about 2% of it. 
So there's 98% of this industry that I don't know about that. I don't know how it works exactly. And I'll probably never get over five or 10% of that. But if I can get to five or 10%, then I'll be, I'll know a lot. But even with just the one or 2% that I know, I can help people along the path because most people out there are at 0%. So Mm -hmm. I can help them with the knowledge that I have. And then if I don't know something, I'll just be open with people and say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll go find it. I know where to look for it. Mm. That's great. So a smart tactic, starting a podcast and you have access to people who who probably have the answers. Yep. Uh, There's a great book called Who Not How by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy. And the book is focused on finding other people to do things that you can't do. And I think about that all the time as I'm getting asked questions about, oh, how do I do this? And I think, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how, but I know where to find the person, the who, who does know the answer. And so I'll go find that person and either I'll come back with the answer or I'll just come back with that person and say, you know what, you need to do X, Y, Z. Here's the person who's the expert at X, Y, Z. And I'll make that connection and that introduction. Oh, that's, that's really good. Yeah, that makes total sense instead of trying to figure everything out yourself. Now, let's let's kind of go back a little bit. You talked about published author, who you're working with. Let's ask the big question, why? Why does an entrepreneur need to write a book, especially in the age that we're in? There are a few different reasons why entrepreneurs, or what they tell me when I ask them that question, because that's one of the first questions I always ask before I sign up a new client is, why do you want to write this book? Why is this important to you? And for some authors, I would say a very small minority, they think that they're going to make money selling the book, which isn't the case. Hardly anybody makes money off the books except for the blockbuster authors out there, you know, the Hillary Clintons or Barack Obamas or famous, super famous people. They're making money off the book. Almost everybody else is not making money directly off the book. Mm-hmm. And so most people are realistic about that. And that's not why they're coming to me to make money off the book. They've got something else in mind. For some people, it's a legacy. They've had this career and they have all this knowledge and they're saying, how do I pass this on to the next generation? Or how do I cement my legacy so that people know what I did and know what I accomplished? And sometimes it's for their family or their intimate circle of contacts that they say, I just want my kids to know that I did something and accomplished something. And my kids don't really understand what I did with my whole career. And I want to write this book so they understand. And maybe it'd be helpful to some other people out there. But the main reason people are coming and writing books is because it's a marketing tool. It's a business card on steroids. It's something that they can give out that shows that they are an expert on their topic and gives them the credibility so that people read that book and then they say, I want to work with the person who wrote this book. So maybe they're a consultant, they have a consulting firm, and they say, hey, if I write a book about my methodology and what I do, and somebody reads that and they like it, they're going to have to work with me. They're not going to want to work with anybody else because they'll love that book and they'll love the material. And also, I don't have to educate them then because they already know all this stuff from the book. They know what I do. They know how I work. They know my personality. And it's going to be a much better working relationship. Or maybe they have a product company and they're selling a product and they want to write a book that's a kind of behind the scenes story of their business and how they created it and lessons that they learned along the way. 
it doesn't really matter what the business is. Almost anybody can benefit or their business can benefit if the main person in that business writes a book because it generates attention, it creates trust, and it's it's the only piece of marketing that is that big that people will actually pay to absorb that marketing. So, I mean, you think about if you send a piece of direct mail to somebody, that's a little postcard. You send that to people, people won't even read one side of that postcard. And you're paying good money to send these postcards out to people. Mm-hmm. But if you sell a book, people will pay 20 or $30 for this book, read 200 pages of marketing material, and then call you up and say, hey, I read your book. That was great. I want to hire you. I mean, it's the most amazing marketing tool ever that you can get somebody to sit down for eight hours or 10 hours and read your marketing material and enjoy it and pay for the privilege. And then they want more. Mm-hmm. And of course, the reader isn't thinking of it as, oh, marketing, I'm absorbing marketing information here. It's really they're adding to their knowledge. They're getting to know about the author a little bit. And from reading your book, an entrepreneur's book, you're going to take that information, apply it and hopefully grow your business or do whatever you want to do, whatever the topic of the book is. Right. They don't see it as marketing material because if you're going to write a book that's going to work, that's actually going to impact your audience such that they want to hire you, you're not going to write a book that sounds like marketing material. It's going to be written like a real business book. You're going to put real research into that and real value. You're going to share your secrets. You're going to tell people exactly how you do what you do. And that's what is going to create trust because when you give them that kind of value, a lot of people get nervous about this. A lot of people come in and they say, oh, but if I give away all my secrets, why would they hire me? Mm-hmm. Well, the secret is that if you give away all your secrets, people will read it and say, gee, that's a lot of work. And I don't really know how to do this. Maybe I should just go hire this person to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where people are making their money is that you develop the authority and credibility by giving away your secrets. And then people come back and they want to hire you. That's what Mm -hmm. I did when I was writing for Forbes and these other publications. I would give away all of my marketing secrets. I'd tell people exactly what we were doing as an agency and how we were helping people get results. And maybe 99% of the people reading my articles said, wow, great. I got this guy's secrets. I'm going to go do this all on my own. But that 1% that came back and said, we don't have time to do this. Can we just hire you to do it? Mm -hmm. That added up to over $10 million over the past few years for my business that we can track back to these articles I wrote. So there is major revenue to be had from giving away your secrets and giving away all of your knowledge because there is some portion of your audience that will come back and say, just do it for me. I don't have time to do this. I don't have the energy to do it. Can't pay attention to this. Just do it for me. And because you've written that book and you are the expert, they want you and they don't want anybody else. Mm. And clearly that's the purpose behind the book, isn't it? To allow the entrepreneur author to grow their business. That's right. I mean, that's why I'm doing it. Now, there is another reason behind it, which is I believe that most people in the world are good. And if I can help people to become more influential by writing a book, launching a course, going into public speaking that those people are going to use that influence to do good things, to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And so if I can help these people become more influential, they use their influence to do good things, then I'm helping in that indirect way to make the world a better place. That's what really motivates me at the end of the day. But the vehicle 
for most of these people to get that influence out there is through their business. Mm -hmm. It's not writing a book and saying, I went through lots of hard times and I overcame these challenges and here's my story. That's a memoir and memoirs are great. And a lot of people write memoirs, but a lot of memoirs never get read. Mm -hmm. But if you write a business book or a how-to book that's practical, that people can use, people will use that book because it's useful. And there's a lot more influence, I believe, to be had in writing useful books versus inspiring, meaningful books. Not that there's not a place for inspiring, meaningful books, but there are a lot of people trying to find how to solve a problem right now. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, they'll choose that type of book over the inspiring, meaningful book because they'll say, hey, inspiring, meaningful, great, I'll read that on my vacation. But a useful book, I will buy that right now and I'm going to read it today because I've got a problem. And if this this book solves my problem, I need this book right now and I'm going to read it right now. So there's a huge void and space for people to go fill with how-to books that solve problems that people have. Mm. So you've clearly delineated your target audience. If someone comes to you and says, you know, Josh, I want to write an inspiring book about um, how I emigrated from hardship in Eastern Europe and made it big in North America. That's kind of not your thing at the moment. Right. If they do that, I'll say, that sounds fantastic. Let me tell you where to go to get information and help on writing that book. I'm sorry, I can't help you write that book, but I can tell you where to find the uh, help that you need to write that book. But it's not what I'm helping people to do. Okay. And do you have a team working behind you, Josh, or with you, I should say? I mean, you're a published author, you're the face of published author. You've mentioned ghostwriters, you've mentioned uh, mastermind and people involved in coaching. Are they people that you hire? Are they part of your, your company? What's, what's behind that? So there's a mix of employees and contractors and partners all behind the scenes. And so we've got ghostwriters and editors and partnerships with different publishing uh, companies, hybrid publishers, publishers, self-publishing platforms. We've got marketers. There are so many different specialties out there and so many different companies. And so where we feel like we add value is that we bring all these things together and say, no matter what you need, we can connect you with the right company, the right service, the right person. And that's part of what we're providing. We think of ourselves here at Published Author mostly as coaches, as book coaches. And so we're training, we're helping people figure out what the book is that they should write, who their audience is, and then what mix of services that they need. And the idea is that we're helping them save time and money because if they had to figure out who do I use for marketing and who do I use for publishing? And is this a good company or is that a good company? Is this a good service? Which email newsletter provider should I use? All these questions that come up and there are hundreds of them. We can tell them, go here, talk to this person, or this is your situation. This is what you should be using here. And so something that might take them 10 different tries over three months, we can cut that down to 30 seconds and just tell them, go here and do this. And this is who you should work with. And so we're making that process a lot faster, a lot easier, and ultimately less costly for them because they're not having to go through all the trial and error. We've mm. already been through that. And that is a lot of time, isn't it? Anyone who wants to figure something out and do it really well, finding out how to do it instead of just jumping in and making lots of mistakes, doing it the right way, 
that's a valuable service that you're offering. Yeah. And yeah. I, w- I wish I had had this service when I was writing my first book because I made so many mistakes and I spent so much money on mm. things I didn't need to spend money on or that were the wrong thing or the wrong service. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to fix that problem for other entrepreneurs now. That's great. And an important service that you spoke of earlier was the thought leadership. Can you tell us about that? How you go about helping someone or assisting them uh, to become a thought leader? Right. Because it's not enough to just have a book. If you publish a book and you stick it out there on Amazon, virtually nobody is going to see that book by itself. And you can do some marketing and people will come and find it through that marketing. But still, there's this web of other things that you can do or that you should do, depending on your situation, what your objectives are. And so when when an entrepreneur comes to us and says, I want to write a book, I've seen your service, and this seems like a fit for me. Our next question is, what do you really want to do? Why do you want to write this book? Because some people want to write a book, but most people who are coming to us, they want to write a book because they have a certain goal in mind. And it might be, I want to double the size of my company because I want to get more revenue for my business. I want more sales. I want this as a marketing tool. Or it might be, I want to attract partners because our business depends on strategic partnerships. Or it might be our business is very HR driven and it's all about the people. And I want to attract the right people to my business. And I want this book to attract those people to work for my business. So depending on what their goal is, we might say, well, hey, if you're in this for the marketing and sales side of things, then have you considered public speaking as well and speaking at industry events? And we can connect you with the right person who can help you through that process to develop your public public speaking career. Or it might be that they're an entrepreneur running a small business and they say, well, I'm just doing this to generate sales and revenue for my business. I want to take it from a million dollars a year to $2 million a year. And we'll say, okay, great. Here's how you can use the book as a marketing tool, but have you considered doing an online course as well? Because you can generate revenue through that and it also becomes another funnel to find the customers that you might want. So maybe we can work with you on developing that course that's going to be a good companion piece for your book. And so depending on what their goal is, there might be other parts of this thought leadership system that will help them to reach that objective and uh, attain their goal. And that's part of the foundation of what we sit down and figure out is what's your real goal? How does a book fit into it? What other things might fit in well with that? And do you want to do it yourself? Do you want somebody else to do it for you? And then we chart this plan to say, okay, here's how we're going to execute this plan and turn you into the type of thought leader you want to be that will help you meet your goals. And we help them get that all done. Wow. That is fantastic and very comprehensive as well. Now, Josh, do you look for people who are already well-connected? They've got a strong LinkedIn profile and, you know, they've got 500 plus connections or a thousand and they're active on Twitter. What happens if, that's probably unusual in in this day and age, but if uh, someone has a great book that they can write and they've got done nothing on LinkedIn and they're not active on social media, is that a possibility that they can actually grow into a thought leader? Anybody can start from anywhere, literally. So one of uh, somebody that I helped a few years ago, I can't remember his name offhand, but uh, he was 17 when he came to me and he asked for advice. And he said, 
I want to do start start this business. I want to get out there. I know that PR is important. I know that getting my name out there is important. And I just don't know where to start. And so we sat down, we talked about a plan, and he was able to craft a plan and execute it and turn himself into a thought leader in his space. And his space was related to what he knew, which was he was a teenager and he knew what it was like to be a teenager at that point in time. And so he started a consultancy advising businesses on marketing and branding products for teenagers. Mm. And he was able to craft a thought leadership strategy around that idea. And he leveraged that to create this consultancy. And he's been very successful over the years with this youth marketing consultancy that he set up Mm -hmm. as a teenager with no other background other than the experience he had as being a teenager. But he's very ambitious. He's very active. And he was able to create a number of these thought leadership assets that allowed him to execute and attain his objective. Mm. That's that's pretty impressive that he was so young and he had this vision. Amazing. Cool. Now, are you actually going to write a book on your experience as uh, the CEO or the founder of Published Author? Well, in a way, I'm doing that right now because I'm finishing up the published author workbook, which is a book on how to write a book in 90 days, how to go through the entire process, writing, publishing, everything. It's everything that I can possibly cram into a workbook about how to do it. And that's the workbook that we use with our students, our clients, as we're guiding them through the process. And that kind of is the book about what I do and everything that I know right now as running this published author business. Mm -hmm. But there are other books that I'm working on as well. I'm working on a memoir. I'm working on uh, a number of other business books, a LinkedIn book right now that I'm finishing up. And then my main framework that I use to work with my clients is called The Seven Systems of Influence. And I'm working on that book as well. Great. And of course, when one has written a book, the next stage is to publish it. There are two main options, the traditional publisher or self-publish. Can you talk about that a little bit and not just from your own perspective and what you might choose to do, but how do you advise your clients who they've gone through the process, their book is ready, what happens next? For 99% of the people out there, self-publishing or hybrid publishing, which is a third option, are the right way to go. Traditional publishing is not the right option for the vast majority of people out there. There are even New York Times bestselling authors that could easily get a traditional publishing deal and get the big advance and get all the support, and they're still choosing to self-publish. Traditional publishing is a business model that is struggling to adapt to the modern world. They're still very big. They're still huge. They're still raking in a lot of money, but it's becoming less and less of a necessity to go through one of the traditional publishing houses. Now, it used to be 10, 15 years ago, that if you had a book and it was self-published, you were embarrassed about it and you would try to hide it. And when people say, oh, you published a book and you say, well, it was self-published and you kind of didn't want to say those words because then people would say, oh, self-published. Okay. I get it. In other words, it's not a very good book or you Mm -hmm. couldn't find a traditional publisher. That's not the way it is anymore. There are a lot of self-published books out there that people don't realize they're self-published because if you hold that book and you read that book, it looks just as good as any traditionally published book, and it reads just as well as any traditionally published book. 
there's so much support out there for authors today who are self-publishing that you can create a great book, both in terms of the content and the form with self-publishing options. And the downside of traditional publishing is that number one, you lose control. When you go to a publisher, you sell them your book. They buy your book and they own your book and they can do whatever they want with it. Now, they don't want to make you mad. They don't want to turn you off and do a bunch of things you don't like. They want to work with you, but they own that book and it's their book. So when it comes to push to shove on the cover design, for example, they're going to design that cover. And if you don't like it, they're going to say, well, we're the publisher and we own your book and we know what we're doing. So this is what the book cover is going to be. Mm -hmm. And the same with the title. And the same with the editing process. They might change your book in ways that you say, well, I don't want you to make that change. And they'll say, trust us. We know what we're doing. And this is the way it is. And you might say, I'm the author. Trust me. I know what people want. I know my audience. Mm -hmm. And you can get into those kind of arguments with the publisher. And at the end of the day, they own your book. So mm -hmm. they are in control. The other side of it is that traditional publishing just takes a lot longer. Wow. After you finish your book, you can expect to wait 12 to 24 months for that book to be published after you finish it. Whereas with self-publishing, you can finish your book and it can be available on Amazon in a day or two. It doesn't take that long to set it up and upload your book. And then it's available print on demand through Amazon. You mm. can also go through other companies like Ingram Spark and you can do hardcover binding through Ingram Spark and other companies. So you can produce a very nice book very quickly through the self-publishing options out there. But if you want to traditionally publish 12 to 24 months, and you might be saying, I don't have a year or two to wait for my book to get out there. I need it out there now mm. in order to get the business benefits from it that I want. Well, then you want to go self-publish mm -hmm. or hybrid publish. So hybrid publishers arose because there were people who were saying, I don't want to wait a year or two, and I don't want to give up control. But I also don't want to be my own publisher. I don't want to learn all this self-publishing stuff and figure that out. Hybrid publishers fill that niche. And the trade-off is you pay the hybrid publisher for the services that they're providing because they're going to take care of cover design and publishing and everything else that you don't want to do. You're going to pay for that. But they also do it quickly and they do it professionally and they do it very nicely. Mm. And so you get kind of the best of both worlds. You get the speed of self-publishing, you get the control of self-publishing, but you get the quality of traditional publishing. The catch, you pay for it. That's essentially what traditional publishers do. They buy your book and they pay you, and then they provide all the services to get it done. With a hybrid, you're paying for everything to get done, but you keep that control and you get to keep all the money and everything because it's your book still. Mm. And do you encourage your clients to produce audio uh, format as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. Audiobooks are the fastest growing segment of the publishing industry. It's not the largest, but it's the fastest growing. Mm -hmm. And in my own experience, I make more money off of the audiobook than I do off of the printed version. So mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of audiobooks. I listen to a lot of audiobooks too, so I love them that way. But even if you just look at the statistics, it's an absolute must-have to have the audiobook that's a companion for your book. Mm. Yeah, and going back to traditional publishing, your comment there about uh, up to two years. I mean, look how much the world can change in two years. If you look at the last two years that we've just been through, 
right. the pandemic, the change of presidency, Brexit, you think, holy smokes, you know, how did all those things happen? And if your book was coming out now and it was talking about global stability and how the world was two years ago, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, a seller, would it? No, and especially if you're writing about technology or something, I mean, the technology you're writing about might be outdated by the time your book gets published. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you're recommending to most of your clients that they either self-publish and you assist them with that process, I would imagine. Right, exactly. So we help them through the self-publishing process. We also connect them with hybrid publishers. If they want to go traditionally published, we can help them with a lot of the process, but there's a point where we say, here's the process. You need to go find a literary agent, and then you need to work with that literary agent to pitch the traditional publisher. Once we steer them in that direction, we don't really work with them through the process after that point. I mean, they can always come back and ask questions, but we don't have that built into our business model to help them after that point. Okay. Now, Josh, there are a lot of different services uh, or other companies out there that can do what you're doing your company was established late last year, so they're obviously older or established. Why should an entrepreneur choose to work with you and published author? The thing that we offer that nobody else really offers out there is that we add this thought leadership component. So there are other companies out there that focus on book writing and book publishing, and now they're adding other services. Like they'll say, hey, we can also do a website for you. We can do a social media audit but they're kind of tacking on these services after the fact a bit. We came at this from the other direction saying, we want to help people become thought leaders. What do they need? Mm-hmm. And we actually started out with other services, like we provide LinkedIn services and we helped people with public speaking and we did other things first. And then what we realized was if we're really turning people into thought leaders, they've got to have a book. The book is really the anchor. And so we came to the book as a part of the thought leadership puzzle, as opposed to saying we're helping people write books and we can tack on these other services on top of it. And so if somebody is saying, I just need to get a book written, that's the only thing I need to do, uh, they can work with us, they can work with Scribe Media, they can work with self-publishing school. There's some other great options out there. If they're an entrepreneur specifically, because we really target entrepreneurs and work with entrepreneurs. And they're saying, I want to become a thought leader and I want a book as part of that, but I also want to do other things. And really the goal is thought leadership. Then we're the only game in town. We're the only company that focuses on that. So we're building a thought leadership system with a book at its core. And that's what makes us different from some of the other options out there. Hmm. That's great. So it's really comprehensive that you're looking at the impact of the book, as you said, the thought leadership how to publish the coaching, speaking if necessary is a component of thought leadership and promoting the book. So a fully comprehensive service. Right. And we have this framework, the seven systems of influence, which nobody else has because that's our proprietary framework. And that's the framework that we use to help people know who they are or who they want to be, really define their identity, find their genius zone, identify their ideal audience, and then create the content and come up with a plan and find collaborators and make sure they're doing all that for the right reasons. And so this framework is something that nobody else has, and we use it to create thought leaders who are truly influential on a scale that they would never be able to attain otherwise. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the seven systems? Is It, it sounds like a little bit like a 
a personal development or growth approach? Or is it more about digging in and finding out who exactly you are and what you want? It can be used for personal development or self-help. It's definitely applicable to that. But the seven systems of influence is how anybody can get anything done. Uh, The lesson that I learned, partly from reading all these books, is that there's this saying, right? That knowledge is power. But knowledge is not power. You can know everything, but without influence, you can't do anything. For example, you can read all these business books. You can know everything about how to run a business. But if you can't lead people and get them to do what you want them to do, all that knowledge, it's worthless. You have to know how to influence other people. You have to know how to influence yourself to do what you want yourself to do. And without that influence, nothing really gets done. So the seven systems of influence, the first one is vision. That's figuring out what do I want? What's the big dream? What's the goal? And it might be a big dream. It might be a little dream. Uh, We all have lots of visions that we use throughout our day to get things done. But if you say, hey, I want to double the size of my business over the next year, or I want to grow a billion-dollar business over the next 10 years, that's your big dream. That's your vision. Well, how are you going to accomplish that? The next step is genius zone, which is figuring out what is the unique mix of skill, knowledge, experience, passion that makes you the right person to turn your vision into reality? What special background do you have that makes you ideally suited to do that? So we run people through exercises to help them figure out what their genius zone is, what they should focus on, what they should outsource to other people. And then the third step or the third, it's not really steps. These really are systems. Steps are you do one, two, three, four, five, and you get to the end and you have a certain result. Mm. With the seven systems of influence, it's more like a car. You've got your steering system, your uh, navigation system, your exhaust system, your power system. And when all these things are working together well, then you go from point A to point B. That's kind of how the seven systems work. When you have all the seven systems together working well, you can get the things done that you want to get done. So we've got vision, you've got genius zone, then you've got your ideal audience. We help people figure out what their true ideal audience is, because it's not anybody and everybody who might be interested in what you've got. There's a core audience of people that you would really love to work with. And if you could only work with those people all the time, that's who you would choose to work with. That's what we're helping people to figure out is what that core ideal audience is. And then system number four is content. That's where we actually get to, well, should you write a book? Should you launch a course? Should you do public speaking? Should you have a podcast? System number five is action. So it's how do we actually execute this plan? How do we come up with the plan? How do we execute it? How do we make sure that this content gets developed so that it impacts our ideal audience so that our vision becomes reality. And then the last two systems, collaboration is figuring out who can you work with to get a thousand times the influence and impact, because there's only so much you can do on your own. But if you collaborate with the right people, if you bring the right people onto your team, if you find the right partnerships, then you can have a thousand times easily the influence that you would have if you just try to work on your own. Mm. And then system number seven is love, because If you're not passionate about what you're putting out there, the content, the book you're writing, the podcast, if you don't really care about that content, you're just doing it because you're trying to make money, that's going to show through and people are going to sense that and they're not going to care because you don't care. Mm -hmm. And the main part of system seven love though, 
is goodwill for your audience. If you really want to help your audience, you really care about them and you really want them to succeed, that's what really comes through. And you can get all the other seven systems wrong, but if you get love right, you have that goodwill, people will forgive the mistakes that you make. They'll forgive the errors in your book. They'll forgive the time that you edited the podcast wrong and left something out or left something in. They'll overlook that because they know that you care about them. Mm. But if you don't have the love, if the goodwill is not there, you can get everything else right and nobody will care. That you can have the perfect book, the perfect podcast, the perfect speech, but if they sense that you don't care about them, they will ignore all of that. So that's the seven systems in a nutshell. And clearly you're very passionate, Josh, because you've been incredibly thorough. That's uh, such a lot of work that you've done to, to get to creating or you know setting up published author and making it successful and working with the clients that you have. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how I, you know, Steve Jobs talked about making a dent in the universe, making a difference. I think we all want to make a difference in the world. We want to know that our lives have meaning and that what we've done during this short span of time on earth made a difference. It meant something to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure that out too. And I'm trying to figure out how do I help other people in a way that makes a difference and how can I make the biggest impact possible? I think we all have that obligation that once we figure out how to help one person, we can't stop there. We have an Mm -hmm. obligation to help another person and another person. And if we can help a thousand people instead of 100, we have an obligation to figure out how to help those thousand. And if we can help a million people, we need to try to figure out how to help those millions. And I'm trying to do whatever I can to help other people to be influential so they can help other people. And that way I figure, you know, maybe I can only help a thousand people to write books during my lifetime. But if those thousand books go and help a thousand people each, well, I've just indirectly helped a lot of other people. Mm, That's quite the knock-on effect, isn't it? Josh, it's so much work writing a book. So an entrepreneur can be really enthusiastic about it. They're excited. They've signed up to your program. You're clearly enthusiastic. You're very positive and energetic. But then you're actually sitting there you've got to begin, what are the hangups that you might encounter when you're supposed to be working on your book? One of the hangups that people run into, especially first-time authors, is they get into the process and they realize, you know what? I don't want to be a writer. I don't like writing. I want to be an author, but I don't want to be a writer. And that's an easy problem to fix because we can hook them up with a ghostwriter and we can get that book written and they get to be an author without having to do all the actual technical writing, putting the book together side of things. The more common obstacle, though, that authors face is one of self-confidence, of self-doubt. They feel like, you know what, now that I'm getting into this process, I just don't know if anybody will really read this book or if they read it, that they'll care. And that seems to be the biggest obstacle that authors need to overcome is just this fear that they're going to write this book, they're going to pour their soul into this, It's going to be everything that means so much to them, but it won't mean anything to anybody else. And that's a tough feeling to overcome because, or it's a tough feeling to have because that's so real. It strikes at what makes us us Mm -hmm. at our core identity. And when that's threatened, it's easy to want to run away from that. And so, however, what I've found, the good news here is that no matter what your book is, it is going to impact somebody. Somebody will 
care. Somebody needs that book. And let's say it's only one person, but let's say that you publish that book and it doesn't sell very well. But a year after you publish it, one person comes back and says, your book changed my life. I was in depression and I got out of depression and it literally saved my life. Or it changed my career. I read your book and I decided I don't want to do what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And so I changed my career and now I'm doing something else. Or they made some other life change because of the book that you wrote. I guarantee if only one person comes out of the woodwork and says something like that to you, you will say it was all worth it. Writing the entire book, all the work, everything I went through to get that book, it was worth it because of this one person. But also I guarantee if there's one person out there who comes and tells you that story and says that it changed their life, there are 50 other people out there who had the same type of life change, but they'll never tell you. You'll never know about it because they'll never send you an email. You'll never meet them. They'll never talk to you, but I guarantee it's changed those other lives too. Mm. Would it be worth it to change 50 lives that way to write that book? And the thing is, if it's changing 50 lives, it's probably going to change even more than that. Now, your book may never be a bestseller. It might not change millions of lives, but it might change one life or 10 10 lives or 50 lives or 100. That is not hard for your book to do. But if you get stuck in that self-doubt and feeling like, oh, it's not going to make a difference to anybody else, nobody's going to care, and you never write the book, it'll never change that one life. It'll never change those 50 lives. It'll never change those 100 lives. And it certainly doesn't have a chance of changing thousands of lives because the book doesn't exist. So it's not as hard as you think to write a book, and the chances of it changing a life are greater than you think. And I find that when people start to believe that and they start to understand, I can do this, I can write this book and it will make a difference to somebody else out there. Somebody out there needs the information that I have in my head. Once they internalize those two things, then actually getting the book done isn't all that difficult. Mm. Now, clearly from published author's perspective, you're not going to um, have someone write a book and it's not going to be impactful or, you know, have uh, the writing isn't great, et cetera. You're vested in ensuring that they, you know, their book is powerful and it's going to have impact. But at the same time, you've said, you know, that self-doubt, it can be crippling for some people. So I'm curious to know how you get them to internalize this new message, you know, that, yes, I can do this. And what I have to say will make a difference to people. I sometimes feel like I'm a constant cheerleader. Like I'm just saying, go for it, go for it. You can do this, you can do this. I mean, I am a book coach, so that's what I'm doing. And it's, I'm constantly trying to be positive and tell people you can do this and it is going to make a difference. It's going to have an impact. And that's part of why I run the Published Author Podcast too, is I want to show people other people's stories and say, look, here's somebody who did it. This is the, these are the steps that they went through. This is their process. Here's where they got hung up, just like you. Here's how they face challenges, just like you're facing, but mm-hmm. they overcame them and they wrote their book. And now look at the results they're getting. Look how this book is selling and lots of people are reading it and it's making a difference. And yes, absolutely. I'm invested in making that difference for my students because the last thing I want is to help a bunch of people publish books that nobody reads and that don't make a difference for anybody. I mean, then I'm not accomplishing the mission that I've set out for myself. That wouldn't be very meaningful for me. 
What I want is I want my students, my clients coming back and saying, oh, I'm so glad you pushed me to write this book because now it's out there and people are buying it and people are coming back and they're saying that it changed their life. That's what makes me feel good. That makes me feel like, all right, we succeeded. We worked together. We got your book across the finish line. And now it's making that difference out there in the world. And I know it can happen because look at, there are hundreds of thousands of books published every year. Yes, the vast majority of those do not become bestsellers, but a lot of those books that never become bestsellers, they might sell 200 copies, but it might change 200 lives. It's still Mm. making a difference out there in the world. And you never know. A book can become a huge success, even if it's not a bestseller. You sell 5,000 copies, 10,000 copies, that's massively successful for any book. And that's a lot of lives changed through really not that much work. And just going back to your podcast there, which you just mentioned, one of the most uh, powerful episodes that that I uh, listened to was the one with Paul Epstein and his quote at the end, it was brilliant. You're hurting people by not sharing your story or what you know, if you know that it can help them and make a difference. That's what you need to do. And he described his whole process, didn't he? His struggles, then he was successful working with a coach. So it's quite the listen. I'd recommend that people listen to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. The, the analogy I like to think of when I think about Paul's episode is it's like a lifeguard. If you're on a lifeguard tower and you see someone drowning and you don't help them, that's your fault that they died. That's your problem. You have done, you have hurt them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that way with a book. You have knowledge that somebody needs that could save somebody's life, that could save their business, that could change their life. And if you're sitting there and you're saying, eh, I could dive in and I could help this person, or I could sit here and say, oh, I'm not good enough to help that person. Mm. No, I mean, it doesn't take much to dive in and help that person. And your book does not have to be the perfect book. It does not have to be a New York Times bestseller to save somebody's life, to change somebody's life. So get out Mm. there and write that book and get it out there. And talking about perfection, you use the word there, perfect book or the phrase uh, another episode with Jeff Butler. Um, one comment that stuck in my mind was that people always think that as soon as they start writing, it's got to be perfect. His point was, it's a rough draft. Rough means rough. It's messy. It's ugly. It's not called the perfect draft. So, you know, uh, accept that it, it's not going to be great, but just start writing and then you go back or your editor goes back and they work on it and it becomes great. Yeah. Some people call it a vomit draft. You just get it all out and then it's a big mess, but you clean it up and then it's turned into something beautiful. But the beautiful part happens later. It's a mess at the beginning. Mm, That's great. Josh, you've got various clients that are in different stages of writing or working with ghostwriters. When can we expect to see the first book that uh, comes in directly from published author? I've actually got it right here on my desk. So wow. this just came out two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And this book is called Sellership. Mm-hmm. It's by Ben Ward and Dr. Greg Reed. Ben Ward was one of our students. And he came in six months ago. And he had ideas for a bunch of other books, but he, he didn't have the idea for this book. So he came in and he said, oh, I'm going to write the series. And there are three books. And this is what I'm going to do. And then after he went through our workbook and our training, he said, you know what? those aren't the first books I'm going to write. I'm going to write this other book first and it's going to be called Sellership. And in six months, 
He figured out what book he was going to write. He found a co-author who was somebody who was more famous than he is. So it's lifting his profile by having this Dr. Greg Reed as a co-author. He got the foreword written by Brian Tracy, who if you're into sales books, you know who Brian Tracy is. He's one mm-hmm. of the most famous sales book authors out there. He was able to get Brian Tracy to write the foreword for the book. And now the book's out there and it's selling and he's building a business around this book. And it all happened in six months. And I'm holding the physical book here, right? In my fingers. So this is the first book to come out from one of our students. And I'm super excited about it. It's yeah, a great book. I bet. So that book came out thanks to published author. How does it feel to hold that book, Josh? It's amazing because I kind of feel like I wrote the book, even though I didn't write the book, but I feel like, because I know this book would not exist today, except that I started this program, Published Author, and Ben happened to find us and happened to become part of the program. And he wrote this book because of the program. So that's an immense feeling of satisfaction. I mean, Ben deserves all the credit for writing the book, but just knowing that I had a little part in it and that I was part of the catalyst to get this written, that feels amazing to me. And Mm. I can't wait for the next one to come out. And share with us, what is Ben doing at the moment? We're we're living through what, fingers crossed, hopefully are the final stages of this pandemic, thanks to all the scientists who've developed the vaccines. But what are the next steps for Ben in terms of thought leadership, uh, going out, building his business and selling his book? So Ben is a mover. This guy does not sit still. So even while he was writing the book, he was already setting up his thought leadership system. So he set up a YouTube channel and he started documenting the process of writing his book. He started sharing thoughts that he was having related to the book. And he, by the time the book came out, he was averaging around 2000 views per YouTube video that he was putting out within one month of putting out each video. Wow. So if you go search for Ben Ward and sellership on YouTube, you can find these videos and he's getting thousands of views on every single one of these videos. That was even before the book came out. So he had that foundation that he started setting up. Also, by the time he had the book ready to launch, he was also partway through developing an online course. So he's got a course that's going to publicly launch soon. And that's the really deep dive. So he brings people in with the book or the videos. And then they say, wow, I really like this stuff that Ben has about selling. And this book, it's not just a book on selling. It's for a specific audience, which is it's for sales leaders. So you get these people who are really good at sales. And naturally what happens is they get promoted to be sales leaders, Mm. to lead teams of salespeople. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the skill set that makes somebody really good at selling doesn't necessarily make them a great leader. And so they often get promoted and they realize, I don't know what I'm doing leading this sales team. This is a totally different skill set. And so this book is designed for those people who find themselves promoted into sales leadership and they're trying to get their footing and figure out how do I lead this sales team and help them all do what I was doing when I was just focused on sales. So the book introduces them to this. The course really takes them in depth. And then the goal is to get companies signed up to bring Ben in and to train their teams and their sales leaders on what they need to know to become great sales leaders. So Ben has set up this whole funnel that takes people through from the beginning end where they get his free content, the videos, to buying the book, to doing the course, 
to then saying, hey, Ben, we need you to come in and train our sales team. And that's where Ben really wants to be. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great story. Thanks for sharing that and, and showing us the book as well. That's pretty cool. What are your plans for the future with Published Author? So one of the things we've realized with Published Author is that it's only, I mean, we kind of knew this from the beginning, but what we're realizing more and more is it's only one part of the puzzle. It's the book, but there's all the rest of this thought leadership system. And we've kind of had that in the background, but we're realizing that a lot of our clients and our students, they want this right now. They want the whole thought leadership system with the book at the core, but they want all these other pieces. And so what we're kind of scrambling to figure out is we've been so focused on the book part of things and figuring out that book part of it. Can we distract ourselves by focusing on other parts of this? Or do we need to just get the book part done right now and make sure that that is locked tight, solid, and stable as an operating business before we venture into some of these other areas that our clients are demanding from us and saying, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the temptations and challenges we're facing right now is, do we stay focused on published author or do we start launching these other parts of the business right now? Mm. And that's a tough decision, isn't it, from a business point of view? Because so many people warn against um, spreading yourself too thinly or growing too quickly, all those kinds of things. So you've got to kind of think that thing through in the future, what your plans might be. Yeah. 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 So one of my goals is in 2021, I want to turn published author into a self-managing, self-sustaining business that runs itself. So I have the right people in place to run it so that I can then say, okay, I'm going to take a step back and we can focus on these other things. Mm, interesting. You'll have to document how that goes and share it with other people because I'm sure there are lots of other entrepreneurs who have the same idea that they'd like to do that. And mm -hmm. the key I would imagine is getting the right people. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's all about finding the right people. Yeah. Cool. Where can we find you online, Josh? So publishedauthor.com for published author stuff. And then uh, joshsteimley.com is my personal website where I do a lot of blogging. That's great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been fantastic listening to your journey, what you're doing to help others and help entrepreneurs grow their business. Really great. Thank you so much, Sheila. I appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Oh, 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 oh,